New York. It's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer, with me on Mr. On Mr. <laughs> Mr. Lady Ada on camera control and voice I'm control. I'm on Mr. Camera. He's on Mr. Camera. We've got a jam, jam-packed show today. I mean, it's we're going to try to finish at around 9 o'clock, but it's going to be a big push. Uh, tons yeah. of new products and video clips, and it's not out yet. So we got the INMPI and... Uh, from the mailbag, job board, whatever. I don't know. There's just so much stuff here. Uh, so much so that, I mean, the CPU is like 25%, which is pretty high for an M2 Mac. Let's get right into it, Mr. Lady. And what's on tonight's mega show? On tonight's show, the code is Sensi, S-E-N-S-I. It'll all make sense when we get new products, but you can use the code now. Expires tonight at midnight Eastern time. Talk about some of our live shows, including Show and Tell, which we just had a moment ago. We will go over Desk of Lady Ada, which we had earlier in the week, including some great search. Have some Circuit Python news and more from the Python hardware newsletter. Some open source hardware news, products, projects, code, learn guides. We have some advanced manufacturing. It's live factory footage from Adafruit, some 3D printing, INMPI, where we introduce new products. Brought to you by DigiKey this week, it's Silicon Labs. We have a ginormous top secret section. This week, we got new products. We answer your questions. We do that on Discord because there's so many places to stream to. Can only do the questions in one spot. So go over on Discord and put your questions there. We'll get through them at the end of the show or we'll intersperse them between things if we can. Adafruit.it slash Discord. All that and more on You Guessed It. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Uh, Lady of the Code is Sensi and people get free stuff as they check out. What do they get? Yes, we still have freebies. We've got the half size Perma Proto when you order $99 or more. If you order $149 or more, you get a KB2040. It's a uh, pro micro shaped pinout compatible microcontroller board with an RP2040, STEMIQT, and eight megabytes of flash memory. So it's great for all sorts of projects. Um, 199, sorry, 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping. And we'll talk a little bit more about that UPS ground shipping in a moment. And 299 or more, and if you purchase, you'll get a free Circuit Playground Express all in one development board featuring the SAMD21 with 10 RGB LEDs buttons, sensors, accelerometers, capacitive touchpads, and more. It's great for learning Arduino, MakeCode, CircuitPython, MicroPython, Golang, MicroLisp, what have you, code.org, CS Discoveries. It's supported by this wonderful all-in-one board that we have back in stock. Okay, and then in the news, because some of you will ask or know about this, or it might be nationwide or worldwide news soon, um, the Teamsters, who are the union who represents uh, the UPS workers, 340,000 of them, are basically saying, like, we're going to go and strike. So we have um, multiple ways for you to get your packages. We have Postal Service. We have DHL. We've always used UPS because we get the best rates with UPS, but we're flipping the switch on FedEx. So you'll be able to get your shipments no matter what. Um, it's going to probably, if this is, happens, this is going to be one of the most disruptive uh, strikes probably in the world. Um, it's a huge chunk of like the <laughs> gross domestic product. There's 350,000 people who move back around and they Yeah. Want and um, right now, as this is the, this is a screenshot from, um, you know, one of the various news sources, it looks like they're closer. So today, um, Lady and I were at the UPS Depot and we're like, hey, what do you think is going to happen? And, and dude said, I think it's going to happen. 
And I said, well, we're ready. And he said, well, I'm not. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see, we'll see what comes out of this. Um, there's a bunch of things that the UPS uh, workers and their union representative want, and there's things that UPS organization needs to do or has to do. I will say there's just one little sliver that I'm just going to talk about this because this could turn into a contentious thing. One of the things that the UPS drivers are saying is they don't want surveillance cameras inside the, the trucks. I actually agree with that because we've talked with our team about how we want to run Adafruit and the culture we want to have. And it it seems to me like if the UPS drivers, um, they, you know, there's dash cams, there's all this other stuff, but a camera just focused on them specifically Either you trust your workers and they're working and this is something and there's metrics that make sense that you're measuring. It seems a little weird to have a, a permanent camera on, especially because we all know what's gonna happen. It's gonna have AI stuff. It's gonna have like you're not, you know, you move you, you didn't move enough or you you move too much or something. Yeah. It, it seems it seems intrusive. And I think that's one of the things. And um I don't think that people should have a camera on them at all times. It's just it's just maybe I'm wrong. Um, but Adafruit is a company too. We don't have surveillance cameras on our team. We don't do key loggers. We don't, there's a lot of things that when you look at how we do stuff, we're just like to get trust, you give trust. So we just decided to go that way. And I'll tell you from a company that's 150 people ish over the course of years, I don't think we have as many problems that other companies do because we, we, we trust one another and we, we hire good and we listen to people. I understand there might be some safety reasons, but probably not for UPS putting a surveillance camera directly on the person. I'm not talking about like dash cams and other stuff. I'm talking about the inside of just on the person, the driver themselves. So I, I hope that's it. That's something that they could negotiate and just say maybe there's a compromise. It's the if it's if it's about theft of like some you know the the outside of the truck or the things, that's one thing. But it, the way I understand this is it's very specific. So anyways, I think that would be good to reconsider if that's one of the sources of contention. Um, it's my opinion. Um, next up, on Desk of Lady Ada, which we do every single Sunday, um, we have uh, two parts. Part one, um, you show a bunch of stuff you've been working on. Okay. Uh, first off, it's America. Uh, second, um, I made the Matrix Portal S3, and I talked about that. So that's a you know, an update to the Matrix Portal M4. 7051 chips are unavailable for at least another year. I am kind of tired of getting some, not getting some. So trying to redesign a lot of our products that use the 7051. So the Matrix Portal is first up, getting replaced with a ESP32-S3, um, which is a more than capable chip. Uh, should have at least the same capability. It also adds Bluetooth low energy. Um, it has two cores, so it'll do great. It has Wi-Fi. Um, and we went through and made sure that all of our CircuitPython and Arduino demos still work. And then I also have a Cutie Pie audio board that I showed off um, that adds micro SD card plus I2S amplifier. And also um, this um, Metro RP2040 prototype, which is getting close to being finished. Thank you the great search. This is when ladies are proud of engineering. I hope you find things on digikey.com. What did you help people find this week? Um, so the Metro RP2040, one of the reasons I like the Metro layout is it has DC jack support. So you can plug in a wall adapter. And yes, USB-C PD is slowly, slowly, slowly replacing that. But for at least another decade, there's going to be DC jacks that give you, you know, 9, 12 volt power. Um, and sometimes you need, you know, a lot of current, you need a lot of voltage, and you don't want a USB power delivery thing. You want, a, you know, a plug that does the job. So um, these plugs are common and available on DigiKey, and I go through S&T versus through-hole, thin pin versus thick pin, 2.5 versus 2.1 millimeter inner diameter, um, different things to look for, different ratings. 
uh, and what to watch out for with that internal switch that uh, is often misused. So uh, check it out. You might also learn about um, guitar pedals and why they are center negative. Okay, and then also part of our live shows that we do, um, Tim was on our show and tell this evening, and you can see uh, all about the innards of Circuit Python and more on Deep Dive with Tim each week. Uh, we did do our show and tell right before this. It's an epic long show, so um, do watch the entire thing. We had, uh, I don't have a favorite, but I, I really did like uh, Mouse's synth because we got a musical guest to play uh, play us out. So if you want to check out some interesting, some, some people might have a house band. We had a mouse band. We had a mouse band. Um, so so do check that out. That was part of the the show and tell that we did this week. Um, let's do some Python on hardware news. Um, the first part of this is don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter. Um, Katney's guest editing, along with Hub report to Katney Paul C. Yeah. And um, this week, CircuitPython 8.2.0 release candidate one. Um, you can check out the changes and more. There's enhancement synth.io and the RP20 alarm sleep memory. Um, of course, bug fixes. Yeah. There's a cool interview with uh, Phil Howard, who did, who did the Bluetooth uh, MicroPython stuff. Check that out. Um, and then some of the folks that were in the show and tell, uh, we have some highlights. Uh, you can check out this continuous cap touch controller circuit. And yeah, and then uh, lots of Python projects, of course, and more. But this week, the thing that I wanted to ask you about, Lady Ada, because we're working on this, is uh, something that was in Hackster. Hey, look, I know that that baby arm. That's our kid. Um, Hackster covered this. This is one of the things that we've been working on for a while. It's what we think the first Python-powered uh, baby toy. Also, <laughs> you can do lots of neat things with it. So I was going to ask you, let's go to the overhead. Um, this is our board right here. Yeah. So this is the this is a, a well-known kind of infant toy that a lot of people have seen. This is the, uh, maybe you've been up here. This is the baby Einstein, um, you know, take a long tunes. So we have the board off and we're going to, this is a coming soon product. This So we took the, the, the PCB out of it and we have a replacement. So I'm going to turn it on and um, this runs CircuitPython, but it does a couple interesting things. There's a, there's Wi-Fi and Webflow and then there's SD cards. Um, when you press the button, so normally this would be you know, part of the, the sealed up and be part of the toy itself and everything. Um, but when you press this, that's playing off the internal memory. Yeah. And then we have our own custom lights that you can program on circuit Python stuff. And then um, let me. Uh, I don't know if you can hear that. I think could the audio. Cancel you might not be able to hear this because we have audio cancel, but this is the kid version of Nine Inch Nails Heart Hurt. And somebody makes these audio books. I think it's like Rockwell. So one of the biggest complaints or like comments about these types of things is like oh the the songs are repetitive i'd really like to be able to change them but they're and they're always like baby toys school music yeah so there's there's two things going on one plays music and then the other thing is there's a there's a wi-fi capability so once it's sealed up so how, how does this work and why is python on hardware the right choice for this um instead of other or a choice for this instead of other things well I mean, python's definitely the fastest way and it's also the most user-friendly i think to modify it 
um, and we have Wi-Fi workflow. So once you set it up to connect to your internet, you can log into it and like easily type stuff and like change the lighting and um, you know what the button does and how it acts. So it's it's mostly about a speed of integration. Um, and also again, like native Wi-Fi workflow means that you can you know edit and change the files. Something that if you're using something like Arduino or Zephyr or whatever, you can do over the air programming, but you can only change like all the firmware at once. You can't edit the file. Like you can't drag and drop files easily. Um, you'd have to do a lot of work to, to get that kind of functionality going, but it's built into CircuitPython. So that's kind of nice. And also um, playing audio and doing audio mixer support with I2S is like built in. So that's also super easy. It's like you just import you know audio core and you're ready to go and neopixel support you can have animations so basically everything was just ready to go it made it really easy i could you know the hardware was hard but doing the software only took um yeah like a half an hour so i think this is going to be a, a neat reference platform we're not getting into the baby toy business um but it's a neat reference platform for people who want to do audio they want to have things light up and they want to have the interaction only be maybe with a phone or not computer or have it over wireless in some way and with components and things that are available, understandable um, storage that you can upgrade over time if needed. And then it runs off batteries and then you're working on low power mode. Yeah, the like stuff is, is next up. I mean, it's got I fixed the power supply. So now it runs off of double yeah. batteries or USB, whereas before it wasn't working off the batteries very well. Um, so the next thing is, is, you know, figuring out how I want to do light sleep and deep sleep mode. So probably it'll do light sleep for, um, you know, two minutes. So it's like, if you press the button, it'll, it'll immediately start playing. But if you, um, you know, don't, um, don't do anything with it. If you, you know, if it's not playing audio and you yeah. have to press the button in like two minutes, it'll go into a deep sleep mode. And that way you don't have to remember to turn it off because we left it on and that freed the batteries. Yeah. So I thought this would be like a really good real world example of like, we say Python on hardware, like, well, what can you actually do with all this stuff? And putting these things together is really hard. Yeah. Um, this is why, you know, kind of the joke that Lady A and I talk about is so, so over 15 years ago, maybe when Make started every, I don't know, month or so, um, we'd get an email at make, um, I was there at this as a senior editor, like, oh, I'm going to have a kid soon. I'm going to totally hack baby toys and like do all this stuff. No one ever does. Um, it's really hard if you don't have, cause you're busy with kids and stuff. Software. Um, and there was really no, no way to do this as certainly not that, a, that a mere mortal could do. So now, you know, almost two decades later, it seems like all the pieces are together now. So we think this will be a cool reference board. We'll talk about this in your product section because it's going to be a coming soon. Um, future product designer could be for classes. We don't want to do injection molding or anything like that. We wanted to have this fit into something that people could get. And then when I kind of pulled informally, everyone has one of these. Yeah, everyone has yeah they're everywhere. They're, they're ev back, so they're very, yeah. very common. I was talking to someone who's doing a guide with us and they're like, oh, I have two. I don't even know where they came from. Um, so that's this week's Python on hardware, some real world examples. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter delivered every single week. Adafruitdaily.com is where you do it. It is our spam free resource for all things Python and other newsletters that we have as well. Let's do some open source hardware news, Lady Ada. Um, we've got some open source hardware that we do here every single week, but first. Um, you are on Blue Sky. Congratulations. You're on, and you're on Threads, too. Amazing. Yeah. And you're on Mastodon. Mm. And you're... 
<laughs> you're in all these places. So uh, Blue Sky, Lady Ada got an invite, and there's this cool tool that uh, you can use to make feeds, your own feed. So if you're on Blue Sky, look for Lamore, and you can just look at Adafruit uh, if you search for Adafruit. And the way it works is you, uh, anybody who says open source hardware, open dash source hardware, or the combinations open source hardware, it's a feed. So you could see that. It's like that. a filter feed. It's yeah. Okay. So you can see that. So anyways, that's one that's provided for everyone. Um, we took a look at it and we're like, okay, let's try to do this. So we've, we've got that going on. There's other feeds that people have made. Um, there's one for like the ALF character from the 80s. That, okay. Yeah, anyways. Um, so, so check that out. Uh, we're trying to make a resource in some of these social media places because it seems like um, it just turns into people being mean to each other. So maybe if there's something for people to do, like look at hardware or share hardware, maybe they won't be so terrible to one another all the time. Uh, probably not. Okay, uh, we have some uh, guides, Lady Ada. What are the new ones uh, this week? In the okay, world? this week, um, we've got new guides. Uh, this week are from Nun Pedro. They're back from vacation holiday and being sick they get the mario magic wands as a first project um using the rp2040 prop maker feather it's all in one so it makes it really easy to do props because you don't need any additional wings or hardware and it's um going circuit python it's wonderful um you have a couple updates to looks like the blue fruit sniffer guy again update and the um circuit python libraries on linux and raspberry pi also got update Dan and Carter kind of rewrote the intro section. And then Liz did a fun hack. She picked up one of these IKEA Vindrinking hack. Uh sorry, the IKEA Vindrink. Sorry, I can't say it. I can't see it. Uh, and she hacked it with a cutie pie ESP32 S3 um, to make it work with Adafruit IO. So it has a built-in air quality sensor. And the original one just had the LEDs tell you like red, green, or red, yellow, or green, depending on the air quality. Um, this one will also let you log and send that data to Adafruit.io, which is a free um, internet IoT data logging service that we have. Uh, and it's also a great way to uh, keep track of history. And then she also added a page on how to get it to send you an SMS, a text message, when the air quality isn't good. So, you know, you can put this, you know, out of the way so you're not looking at it all the time, um, but it will let you know when the air quality in your room or your house has gotten kind of icky because maybe there's wildfires. Okay, them's our open source guides, hardware, and more for the week. And don't forget to check whatever social media is out there. We usually have a presence there, and we usually try to put things there that aren't um, to harm others with and getting angry about. This one's good. It's like you can, you know, make a magic wand for your cosplay. Yeah, we, yeah. Princess Peach. Yeah, this is then you can hack the. I guess it's Vindrichtingning. Vindrichtingning. Yeah. yeah. Here is some factory footage.
I, I made that video for 4th of July, and I only got to use it once, so I wanted to use it in this tip. That's our factory fridge for the week. Yay! <laughs> Let's do some um, 3D printing. Now, Pedro, we're going to show the project of the week, the magic wand, and also a speed up, and then we'll see you on the other side. You can build a magic wand-inspired prop with Adafruit's new RP2040 Prop Maker Feather. We designed and 3D printed a magic wand inspired by the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's got motion activated lights and sounds with a spinning crystal gem. This new feather is an all-in-one dev board that features an iTwist amp, accelerometer, NeoPixel driver, servo header pins, Stemma QT, and screw block terminals. It's got the RP2040 chip with 8MB of spy flash, 21 GPIO pins, and LiPo battery charging over USB-C. With CircuitPython, the board acts like a USB drive so you can easily customize the code with just about any computer. You can modify the code to fit your project. Just change the values such as the NeoPixel color, speed, or the accelerometer's threshold. We think CircuitPython is the best platform for creating advanced props with motion-activated lights and sounds. Get the parts to build your projects from the Adafruit shop. Links are in the description. Download and 3D print the parts in your favorite filament. The crystal gem is printed in a white colored filament for nice and even diffusion. Screw block terminals make it easy to connect NeoPixels, speakers, buttons, and switches. Mounting holes allow you to securely embed the board directly to your projects. It's easy to plug and play servos with jumper cables to the prop maker's onboard header pins. To learn how to build this project, head over to the Learn Guide for a full step-by-step -step tutorial. We hope this inspires you to check out the new Adafruit RP2040 Prop Maker Feather for your next project. Don't forget to code is Sensi. Let's jump right into Ion MPI this week. Ion MPI. Ion MPI brought to you by DigiKey this week at Silicon Labs. Lady Ada, what is the new product introduction this week? I'm glad you asked. Yes, this week is from Silicon Labs, which I call Scilabs, even though I know that's not technically their name, but I'll try to remember to say Silicon Labs. Um, so this week's uh, Ion MPI is on. Oh, let me indicate us. Or... Oh, yeah, we're going to go okay, with okay, okay. Uh, For the um, Silicon Labs EFR32MG24. 
dev board, but also the chips. Uh, this is an adorable little dev kit that's under 40 bucks and is a great way to get started with their chipset. It has a debug interface as well as you can see uh, STEMIQT slash quick sensors, a micro bus compatible GPIO port that's also, you know, 0.1 inch spacing for easy uh, connectivity. Um, some buttons and of course the EFR 32MG24 chip, which can be used to do, uh, which is a Cortex M33 that also has a radio in it that can do stuff like Zigbee and also uh, use with Matter. Um, so this is a series of chips that's used in that dev kit. So we're going to kind of talk about both uh, because if you get the dev kit, it's probably because you want to um, integrate this chip into your design. So um, as mentioned, this is a Cortex uh, M33 and they, at 78 megahertz. I think it's up to 1.5 megabytes of flash and up to 256K of memory. I think like the smallest is maybe uh, half a K of flash, uh, half a mega flash and uh, half uh, 128K of RAM. But also it's got a ton of peripherals. Um, one thing that Silicon Labs is famous for is their crossbar, which allows you to kind of connect any peripheral to any pin. They've got um, lots of timers and uh, ADC and um, low power mode. They're very good at the low power integration. And of course, the built-in radio, which is kind of what you're here for. You know, you can get all sorts of Cortex M33s, but it's not really common to get one that has a 2.4 gigahertz radio in it. And Silicon Labs also excellent at their radio stacks. So, um, you know, you could use this just for playing Zigbee, but in specific, uh, or, you know, BLE, it looks like they actually have support for that as well, which is kind of cool. Um, but what I think they're really pushing for this chip to be used for is not just Zigbee or maybe BLE, but specifically to be used with Matter, which is a kind of new and uh, new standard way for Internet of Things home devices to connect. Um, so you can check out, here's all the MCU peripherals. Uh, we won't talk about those. You, know, you can see them. And of course, the, the low power modes you can get under uh, 33 microamps in an active sleep mode um, up to down to 1.3 microamps uh, in a deep sleep. So that's really, really low, much lower than um, other Cortex chips that we know or even Tensilka chips. So Matter, which uh, is a new high-level application layer for wireless protocols that want to connect to stuff in the home or in the office. Um, it's from the uh, Connectivity okay, Standards Association, I think is the name, the CSA, which used to be the Zigbee Alliance. And um, Zigbee, you know, you're probably aware that they were used for stuff like uh, Hue, Philips Hue lights um, and other home automation sensors and control boards for home or office automation. Zigbee is a very common protocol because it's extremely low cost, sorry, a transport because it's extremely low cost, very simple, uses 2.4 gigahertz, which is, you know, free to use band. Um, yeah, antennas are easy to get, chipsets are easy to get. Um, you can go into low power. You don't have the thing with Wi-Fi where you have to have an access point, a password. You know, it's usually done by RSSI uh, location or, um, you know, you're pressing a button on something so you know that you have to synchronize. Problem is, is that everybody had their own, um, oh, sorry, one second, uh, no, six, stay back there. Um, everybody had their own um, Zigbee or other low-level um, protocol application level on top of Zigbee that would make it not work. So, for example, your Hue lights would not necessarily work with any other 
um, controllers or light systems that you have in your home. So every time you bought something, you'd have like these little um, siloed platforms and integrations that wouldn't mesh together, pun intended. So the idea behind Matter is that you would be able to interoperate with any device and controller inside the home. So you won't have to sort of start from scratch with creating custom gateways um, and custom applications and protocols. For each little device, you can have a temperature sensor and it'll work with everything that already exists in the Matter ecosystem. Um, and this is useful because so much stuff in IoT has different transports. So for example, uh, you might have um, you know, an AirPod that or HomePod that uses Wi-Fi, and you might have, a, you know, a Facebook portal and that connects over Ethernet. You might have stuff that connects over Bluetooth or cellular or Zigbee or Z-Wave, um, or even LoRa or 4 uh, 433 megahertz bands. All these transports usually not only are they, of course, you can't have uh, Bluetooth connect directly to cellular without having a gateway, but also the application layers above them would be customized. So if you look at um, was often called the, the seven layer OSI model, the transport layer four and below, you know, that's what is ethernet, Wi-Fi, Zigbee, whatever. But then everything above that layers five, six, and seven would also be custom. And that's what matter is trying to replace. So don't think of matter as something that is inexorably tied to Zigbee. If you're creating something with this Scilabs chipset that uses 2.4 gigahertz, the goal is that it would be able to interoperate with devices that are using Z-Wave or Bluetooth or cellular or Wi-Fi because they would share that upper three layers. Um, and speaking of layers, don't forget seven-layer <laughs> burrito also. Another another example of seven layers. Uh, so this is, we're talking about sour cream and above here. All right. Matter. Um, so, uh, and this is a nice diagram from Google. You know, and speaking of, Google, this is one of the nice things about if you decide to go with Matter is that no matter your protocol or your hardware, Google, Apple, um, sorry, Google slash Nest, Apple and Amazon are all basically agreed all their stuff is going to work with Matter. And so you can have your little device work with these you know, very large companies. You don't have to worry about like, oh, are they going to change something in the protocol that will push me out? Or do I have to uh, pay them a licensing fee? You might have to pay a licensing fee to matter, but you won't have to pay a fee or develop for each individual um, HomePod slash Nest Cam slash, um, you know, Facebook display slash Alexa. Um, so the interoperability is what you're going to get. Of course, it adds um, your layers of, I don't say complexity, but of um, abstraction. So you do need to have a fairly good chip because there's security layers on top of this um, and the application layers, and you have to have it, of course, fit well within um, the Matter framework. You can't just kind of make up your own thing. You really want to use their own SDK. I think that's probably why the MG25 comes with so much RAM and so much flash, but it's also really nice because you have a lot of room to add uh, encryption, security, and um, layers of checking and interpretation so that you know, you're not going to have um, very basic errors with buffer management, that stuff's taken care of for you. And uh, Scilabs has a lot of chips, boards, and um, software stacks and resources for people who want to use matter with their IoT devices. 
honestly, if you know, you're starting now, you're probably in a company and you have to create um, a home device. And, you know, now you can't just have it be battery operated with a couple LEDs. It has to connect to the internet. It has to connect to the rest of the devices in somebody's home. Um, it has to be controllable from somebody's phone. Instead of having, you know, a custom Bluetooth app for your Bluetooth device, if you make it use Bluetooth, but have matter as a uh, application level compatibility, you don't have to worry about having it work with HomePods, Alexas, Nest, whatever, you know, iPhones, Androids, it'll just magically work. Sort of like if you want to have a website, that website, you can write the website design on a Mac, but you can view it on Windows or an Android or an iPhone. Um, it is a standard. So part of that is that, um, and it seems to be based on uh, IP from TCP IP. Um, you get to choose your transport. In this case, we're talking about Zigbee, of course, but you can also use, you know, Wi-Fi or Ethernet or cellular, whatever. Um, so, you know, if you need to step up from the throughput rates, but also the power rating of Zigbee, don't worry, you can always um, change the underlying transport and keep that upper layer of matter compatibility. Part of that is, though, you will have to be certified. So you can't just throw something into the Matter ecosystem and put the Matter logo on it and say, okay, you know, I'm good to go. You have to play nicely with everything else because there's going to be a lot of devices all talking to each other um, on whatever transport and whatever gateway. And you want to make sure that you behave nicely. You don't overwhelm devices. You don't bash on their, um, um, uh, you know, like you don't DDoS the um, host controllers and you don't interfere with the the addressing that you would have for other devices on the same transport. And so certification is something that you're going to have to go through. Um, that's not surprising though. You know, if you do Bluetooth or Zigbee, you have to get that certified anyways. So, you know, this is certification you're probably gonna go with. Check out, um, there's a white paper from Silicon Labs on how to certify your devices. Of course, if you start with a known SDK and hardware, it's gonna be a lot easier. And then there's also um, DigiKey and Silicon Labs. They just had a um, webinar that you can view on demand. You just register with um, you know, the, I think it's the um, on, on 24 service and you can view the webinar at any time. And of course there's app engineers at Matter ready to help you out. Um, another fun fact about the uh, MG24 series is um, this, Think Plus Matter from SparkFun, which was released, could be a really uh, another really nice uh, hardware dev board that's Feather Wing compatible, has uh, also STEMIQT port, quick port, um, and has the EFR32 um, chipset. Uh, it also has CircuitPython support. I will say that CircuitPython support doesn't have that Matter layer yet, but if you want to just get started with this chip and learn the peripherals and, and how they act and behave, um, Silicon Labs did do a uh, Circuit Python board support package um, for this chip family, which is kind of nice. And then chips are in stock, um, various sizes of flash, memory, and pinout. Uh, here's one, for example, that's in stock. It's about five bucks in quantity, and there's a thousand ready to integrate. So you don't have to worry about, you know, chip shortage. You know, you sign up for something and you don't get it for a year or two. Uh, they're in stock for immediate integration. There's also ready to go modules that have passives and antennas pre-tuned for you. They're a little bit more expensive, but you'll definitely get into production much faster. 
And of course, uh, the dev kit in question is over 250 in stock and under 40 bucks. And I think it's a great way to get started because it has the J link and USB and pinouts and everything ready to go. Uh, so you can plug and play with a lot of hardware. Um, lots of sensors are available. You know, Adafruit, we have at DigiKey stocked, you know, hundreds of different STEM IQT sensors. And so does SparkFun, they have quick sensors. You can go use a quick to Grove adapter uh, to get your um, whatever IoT sensing element you want to have done. And then you can work on the matter layer and software uh, using Silicon Labs SDK. And in stock, 257 at the time of this viewing. I bought two. Yeah. Um, and then there's a short video. We're going to play this, then we're going to roll right into... All about matter. What is matter? Matter enables developers to create devices that connect to experiences and ecosystems of users' choice. But there's a really important feature in that statement ecosystems, as in more than one. With multi-admin, a foundational feature in Matter, users can connect Matter devices to multiple apps and ecosystems locally, securely, and even simultaneously. Right now, choosing the right IoT device can be challenging. Users need to take extra effort to determine if a device they want will work with their ecosystem. And for those smart home users who have more than one preferred app or ecosystem, family members may have different brand preferences for their smart home, mobile, or other control touchpoints. Or they may want to share only specific devices with people in their household or those that visit and take care of it. To enable this today, product developers have to support each other's ecosystem protocols. Users have to manage more complicated purchase experiences or with multiple ecosystems, navigate setup and account linking across them where adding a new one is a painstaking process. Today, sharing devices isn't always possible or requires sharing more information and devices than users want. Multi-admin lets users connect their devices to any matter-supporting ecosystem they want, whether that's a single product developer's app or multiple smart home platforms. Users can control which devices they share with which systems on an individual level and can easily add multiple devices to a new ecosystem to try out new experiences. Multi-admin truly delivers on Matter's promise of user choice and interoperability. It lets users choose the brands and devices they love, choose the experience and ecosystem they'll work with, and know that their smart home will be able to grow with them and the choices they make in the future. Matter, it's what connects the world. Okay, first up, coming soon. Coming soon, it's our My Little Hacker board. Uh, great if you want to design a CircuitPython powered audio player. Uh, it has an ESP32 S2 module, uh, micro SD card slot, STEM QT port, can run off of AA batteries or USB. Um, something that we've been hacking on, maybe other people want to hack on. Uh, definitely not safe for children, do not leave <laughs> unattended. Yeah. Um, but uh, can be used if you want to make custom audio players. It does fit in an enclosure that we have in the have. That's right. Okay. Next up, another coming soon. Coming soon, uh, but really, really soon, uh, we're going to have a new ESP32 uh, S3 board, uh, STEM IQT. This is 
um, the ESP32-S3 QT with PSRAM. We've always had a version that had four megabytes of flash, no PSRAM. This one has four megabytes of flash and two megabytes of PSRAM. So it's like less flash, but more PSRAM. So I'll make it really good for running with CircuitPython. Um, otherwise, it's actually pretty much the same thing. The chip looks identical. It's just, it just has um, the more memory bonded inside of it. Um, this is coming soon, probably later on this week. So sign up and you'll be notified as soon as they're in the shop. Thanks, up. We finally got a shipment of Pico WHs. Uh, so this is a Pico W you know and love. It has the RP2040 and two megabytes of flash. And uh, the CY43439, I think is the part number. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth Classic, and Bluetooth Low Energy module. Um, this one has headers pre-soldered in, so you can plug and play it into breadboards or dev boards or you know extend, extension boards or whatever. Um, it also kind of works with a standard 40-pin socket, which is a fun way to make it uh, easily removable. Um, we also have the Pico Ws, I think, in stock, but you know there's some people who want to have headers uh pre-soldered so that they don't have to do any soldering at all and uh now we have them in the shop next up um to go with the uh, esp32 sorry to go with the pico wh but also we'll work with um other devices that have a jst sh compatible three pin header is uh socket and plug versions of these jst sh uh, connectors. So we don't actually have anything that uses this cable other than, um, you know, it plugs into the Pico W or non-Pico W, uh, non-W Pico H. So you see that the debug port that sticks up. If you happen to want to plug into it, or there might be in the future, be some designs that have a JST SH three pin uh, connector. This would do the job. Um, we use the same color ordering as the ph version of the stemma but it's kind of like we had to pick something so the pins may not match you know ground may not be black depending on what you connect to but we figured we get these in the shop they might be useful for people who have something with uh these one millimeter pitch connectors on there so there's a socket and then we also have the version with plug pins uh one of each and then like i said oh let me go back yeah. uh jst SH compatible one millimeter pitch. So looks just like the pH two millimeter pitch, but it's one millimeter, much smaller. Okay. We also have a uh, GH4, I think is the part number um, cable. This is used on the Sense 54 and 55. Um, and we might have a breakout board that lets you connect to those in the future. So we so, thought we'd have the cable to start. It's a totally different connector than any of the other JST compatible yeah, cables. Yeah, <laughs> this one has a latch on it. Uh, but now we have the cable. It's six pins, and you can use it to plug into your SEN 54, SEN 55. We also have an extension cable for PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2. People might remember this as the port you would connect your uh, controller to. Ostensibly, these were used um, to let you be two meters farther away from your PlayStation and connect your uh, controller. What we use it for is to cut it in half because then you get uh, the socket and plug half, which allows you to connect to either PlayStations and make custom controllers or connect to controllers without cutting the cable in half because you can't get the connectors anymore. Those are they're not made, but you can get this extension cord. You cut it in half and whoa, you now can turn one product into a uh, breakout for plug and socket PlayStation controller ports. Okay, the start of the show tonight, besides the Elite Data, our team, 
our customers, our community, everyone who makes us go is the SHT41. It's not the SHT40, and it's not the SHT45. It's right in the middle, not too hot, not too cold, just right. Um, the SHT41 kind of combines the accuracy at you know 20 to 70 degrees, uh, 20 to 70 percent relative humidity of the SHT45, but the um, overall accuracy of the SHT40 at the upper and lower end. So basically, if you're using it in the kind of most common 20 to 70% humidity range, you're going to get a really nice, um, let me click on the back. I have it. I think it's 1.8. Yeah, it's like plus or minus uh, 1.8 degrees um, typical accuracy, but the max uh, error accuracy is, I think, 2%, whereas the SHT40 is four or five percent and the SHT 40 uh 45 I think is max two percent so it's kind of like in between it's still very good and uh for temperature range it's plus or minus uh 0.2 degrees centigrade so um you know it's kind of as inexpensive as the HHT 40 but it gets a much better precision closer to the, the SHT 45 that's why we have all three the prices are a little bit like low medium high and the accuracy is also low medium high Okay, um, like I said before, the code is Sensei, and um, we're going to roll right into Top Secret, so here's what's going to happen. Okay. We have to, like, rush to get to this massive... Yeah, so we have a ton of Top Secret. Um, I'm going to just kick it off with some RTK, show a bunch of videos, and then show some of the designs that Lady Ada just posted. Questions. Then we'll do questions uh, right after this. So start putting them up in Discord. So we've got these RTK chips in. Uh, really excited also, about this. So they're uh, Neo M8 and M10 modules from Ublocks. Basically, yeah. Ublocks stuff is back in stock and you can get it. So yeah. we got some samples. And, uh, here we go. We're going to kick it off with some behind-the-scenes stuff and more that's coming out soon. For Lady Ada, what is this? This is better than ice cream. It's me getting back to a 2020 design and wrapping it up. This is the ZF9R uh, Rev3 firmware from Ublocks. This is a real-time kinematics board. So it does high precision GPS, like we're talking about centimeters here, uh, much better than the couple of feet or couple of meters of uh, standard GPS. It's a little bit more expensive though. This is a cool module. Check out that huge ground plane underneath. I actually started this about September uh, 2020 and I shield design. Um, and it was actually pretty much ready to go. I ordered PCBs and then boom, I couldn't get parts. But now look, I have a whole reel of 10 or cut tape of 10. This is a like, you know, 200 bucks a piece. So this is like a $2,000 type of components, which is a pretty big deal. I also got these cool um, GPS modules, the M8Q and M10Q from Ublocks. So there's gonna be a Ublocks party up in here. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? This is a prototype of a DIY USB hub. And I saw her uh, header onto it because I want to test it out. It's a four port hub. So when you plug in USB on this side, this gives you four ports, so you can see uh, plus data, I'm sorry, power, data plus, data minus ground, four times before port one, two, three, four. And then this is a duplicate of the USB host port case, so you don't want to use a connector. And then on the other side, I've got one of these, um, these are like no, you know, there's nothing intelligent about them, uh, USB breakout cables. So this is just from a port to header, there's no USB um, chip inside or anything. 
And then I've got like a trinket in here just to test it out. And then when I double click this, that's green, it means enumerated. And then on my computer, it shows up as a disk drive. So test out all four ports. So this is gonna go in the shop soon. It's a, I think, SL2.1A. So it's a USB to four port hub. Early dude, what is this? This is America. Yeah. Happy 4th of July. I'm uh, testing out a prototype. This is an iSpy screen. So uh, all of our TFT displays, we basically converted them to use this iSpy connector, which is an 18 pin FPC, which means on the other side of this, I can have something like this board for Raspberry Pi. It's kind of hard to see because it's green on green, but this is what the PCB looks like. Um, it's got the two by 20 connector, so it works with all the Raspberry Pis. And then, uh, uh, Phil, you helped me design this. You're like, let's put two buttons, yes. so two tactile switches. And then there's a slide switch for like different mode selections. You can do yeah. whatever you want. And then an iSpy connector and a STEMI QT. And then on the opposite side, well, there would be a, a two by 20 header, but I haven't uh, soldered it on. But it plugs into your Raspberry Pi here and makes it really, really easy to like make an animated GIF player with different animated GIFs. So happy 4th of July. Board coming soon to the Adafruit shop. Early dude, what's this? This is a RP2040 Metro board. Kind of what it says it is. It's a Arduino classic shaped board uh, with all the header pins and all that. But it has an RP2040 and all the GPIO on a micro SD card that's also hooked up for SDIO if you want high speed reading. Uh, there's a new pixel have to solder in, a debug port, SWD, you know, all the ports and everything. And the last thing I do whenever I make a Metro is I check it out with our capacitive touchscreen because it does SPI and I squared C. Uh, so, oh, yay, it works. Love that for us. Um, this is the shield plugged in. Uh, onto the board. So now I know all the GPIO work because I tested it. SPI works, um, I squared C works, the debug port works. I plugged into my J link. So all I have to do now, and the SD, uh, SD card too, all I'll do now is do that final silk screen and order PCBs. Bam! Let's start doing that. Early data, what is this? This is me testing out uh, my prototype for the audio BFF board. BFF boards are these little microcontroller add-on boards that plug into a Cutie Pie or Shao breakout uh, microcontroller to add more capability. So we've already made one with a micro SD card, and we also made one with an I2S amplifier, and now I've got one that mixes them both together. So it's got micro SD and amplifier, which means it's perfect for playing audio through this Pico blade to up to a three watt speaker. So I plug it in, I've got a little bit of CircuitPython code running on this that'll play all the WAV files that are on um, the microSD card in order. And then get some Taylor Swift going. Got some white stripes going on. And then finally, the happy song by Image and Heap. So um, very good for making audio playing projects. Uh, very, very tiny. It's all in one and it's coming to the Adafruit shop real soon. Bam. Early data, what is this? This is LED sand. Oh, a fun demo. This is our kind of all-in-one demo for the Matrix Portal. And this is my latest Matrix Portal board. Flip it around here. So this is the Matrix Portal S3 demo. So originally we had the Matrix Portal M4, which had a SAMD51 and an ESP32 coprocessor. And then I actually designed an unreleased version of the Matrix Portal with an S2. But then the S3 came out, and the S3 actually has a really cool built-in peripheral that makes driving RGB LED matrices really, really fast. This is my prototype. 
not quite silkscreen ready, but uh, it's got all the same hardware and same pinout, stomach UT and reset button, a couple of GPIOs, uh, NeoPixels, and of course the accelerometer, which makes it uh, perfect for doing LED sand demos. It can drive, uh, thanks to the two megabyte of PS RAM, kind of a massive number of uh, panels. I think you probably drive 24 or 26 of these in a row as long as you can power them up. Bam. Early data, what is this? I am getting to some really old prototypes now. This is a uh, CSI DSI adapter that goes from the 22 pin 0.5 millimeter pitch to the 15 pin 1 millimeter pitch that's used on the Pi Zero and the Raspberry Pi, you know, classic style. Um, so here I'm just testing it out. I have this going to the Raspberry Pi on the camera port, and then this is a, like a wide angle uh, spy camera. And then if you go to the um, monitor, I'll run RasPi still, and you can see that this is working, and it can like, even do some cool, whoa, it's inside the camera. Um, so yeah, so this is working with a nice long cable. I now that know that all the pins are working out, so I can design a tester for this and uh, order it and put it in the Adafruit shop. Bam. Massive. And that's just the stuff we had time to post and share here. So there's even more that we're going to try to get out throughout the week. Uh, what's this for? This is a redesign of our um, resistive touch LCD shield, um, 2.8 TFT. With resistive touch, originally used the STMP811, which got discontinued over COVID and part shortages, and they kept prompting me to send us chip, and they didn't. So I changed it around to use a TSC 2007, and I just finally got around to like, I've gotten through 350 designs, redesigns, and now this one is up next. Um, unfortunately, I left the hardest ones for last, but that's kind of how it is, huh? And uh, so this one had a you know kind of a fresh redesign, um, but I think it should be good with the TSC 2007. Uh, use I2C, not SPI. I think it should be okay, but we'll see. It also you know added a stomach QT port. And this is coming soon. This is on off the press here. We these got are from yeah these RP2040 clean. The RTK stuff was from 2020, mid 2021. Um, I designed an RP2040 and an ESP32 S2 or S3. S3 is, you know, didn't exist at the time, but um, I would definitely use the S3 now um, to get Bluetooth low energy. And these are clue boards. So this is like, you know, um, the clue originally used the NRF52A40. We still have some of those in stock, but all the sensors got discontinued. So, well, or, or the prices tripled. So have to do a bit of a redesign on these. Um, we do have some list 3 MDLs, but I don't really want to use those anymore. And the LSM60S33 got discontinued. We're going to use the LSM60S3TR instead, which is like pretty much code compatible. Um, and the microphone also got discontinued, but we found a pin compatible one. Uh, anyways, it's just like a joy. Um, and then this is a version, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. We had to tuck the, oh, it's going to my hand goes to the antenna. Yeah, good work. We had to tuck the antenna underneath the um, stem QT port because, you know, we can't move any of the stuff over there. It's fixed position. Uh, and I wanted the antenna to be out, but I think I couldn't rotate it. This was kind of like my best uh, way of handling that. Okay. And then top secret is going to be two-part because um, we have a My Little Hacker segment that we're going to show kind of the first glimpse of the project we've been working on for a while. My little hacker, my little hacker, building with you is magical. My little hacker, my little hacker, it's time to build and show. Okay, so before I show this, I just have to make it super clear. Shawshank Redemption is one of the best movies of all time. 
And the reason why it's one of the best movies of all time is it has a really good positive because uh, there's not a lot of fictional stories that have positive male role models. Is it Pyrus, but like modified? Yeah, yeah. But it's such a good movie, people don't care about the font. Um, but uh, the Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman characters, absolutely fantastic. One of the best stories, buddy stories ever. And uh, you just don't see a lot of stories like that. You don't read a lot of, you don't see a lot of those. So one of the projects I've wanted... It's because Stephen King isn't doing cocaine anymore. Yeah, so one of the projects I've wanted to do for like 10 years is to have a Teddy Ruxpin. Uh, this is an animatronic bear that reads to kids. There was one in the 80s. Another one came out in 2017 with Morgan Freeman's voice reading Shawshank Redemption, or at least some of the parts from the movie um, where there's just some beautiful speeches and how things, um, you know, happen. Um, so uh, if you can get the bear, um, this is going to be in two parts. So we got it working. We're going to be posting a code soon. Um, you can get these on eBay for like 10 bucks. Yeah, you want like they, five. They used to be like 200 bucks. And um, I'm just going to play the first part. Then I'll play the video. So this is from the quote. Uh, I miss my friend Andy. It's like this part of the speech. Uh, I don't want to run the movie. I haven't seen it. Um, but uh, it curses just a little bit. So that's not what I, that's not the video that I'm going to put online, but you can, you can hear a little bit of this. And if the noise canceling for the microphones cancel out, don't worry, I'm going to play a video in a second, but just to show you what it does. It always makes me laugh. <laughs> if I to crawl through a river of shit, it came out clean on the other side. All right, so we have a beta tester, and I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show you uh, the video we shot today right after we got this working. Headed for the Pacific. Those of us who knew him best talk about him often. I swear the stuff he pulled. Sometimes it makes me sad though, and to being gone. I have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be <coughs> Their feathers are just too bright, and when they fly away. The part of you that knows it was a sin to lock them up does rejoice. But still, the place you live in is that much more drab and I guess I just miss my friend. And that's top secret. <laughs> so we'll be posting that code shortly. Go to eBay, get a Teddy Ruxpin Bluetooth, or they'll say Teddy Ruxpin LED eyes. Um, they're going to probably get all bought up off eBay soon because this will be a popular thing. Okay, we're going to roll right into questions. Okay, Lady Ada, let's do the questions. We're going to speed around these for you to make sure you get out of here because yeah. you have to eat. I um, do you not integrate Magnus into wireless charging module like MagSafe because using Magnus right now uh, stops charging, but I want it to be flat and seamless like MagSafe on my phone. So how would you use magnets to charge something? Beep, beep, beep. Into a wireless charging module like MagSafe. Yeah, you know how I have the little uh, phone? You know, I have, yeah. Yeah, you know, I have my phone, but you, this can still charge on a mat. So there's magnets that are on this. I guess it, MagSafe, I thought, is the plug that goes into the side of a Mac then. Um, I think they're... I think there's it's either yes or similar, but you know, but there is a magnetic backing for these yeah. things to go on. So how do you integrate magnets to a wireless charging module like MagSafe? Because using a magnet right now on a charging module makes it interfere with the magnetic field and stops charging. Well, yeah, it uses you know there is a uh, there's a magnetic 
there's a, a field that's yeah. that's how it charges. So I think you have to have the magnet outside of it, but it can't be interfering. Actually, someone maybe, in the maybe they Discord chat posted a link. There might I think there's a reference to to how this is. Yeah, you might have to read up because it it's it uses uh you know inductive coupling and a magnet will interfere with it unless it's in the right location. So there's probably a way that you could have multiple small magnets kind of spread out. Maybe that would work. I don't know. Okay, I've been wondering, uh, there's a bunch of chips that are customized for this or that wireless protocol. Has anyone done a simple ARM customized for SDR, leaving the if IF stage. stage? And the antenna, not to mention software, to the application designer. Um, there are lots of radio chips, like I think the CC1011, like TI has like the CC series. And, um, you know, I've seen these used in SDR, like low complexity, low frequency SDRs. Uh, because you can you can have a lot of control over the chip for both transmit and receive. Okay. Um, do the RTK modules have more accurate time too? I don't think so. I think that um, absolute time is going to be always the same. But you know, uh, I think GPS doesn't promise anything better than um, once a second timing precision because RTK uses a different timing protocol to do um, the triangulation for precision locations like you need to have the you get the overall location um from the satellites and then you use the uh multiple uh points for triangulation to do um centimeter level quality above that so then you reference it against the known absolute location of one base station and that gives you the accuracy over like the earth okay um do you know if the ublux modules need additional transmitters on the ground for the centimeter accuracy or will it do that with the satellites alone you know you need you need ground uh control gps there's no way to get better than 10 meter or whatever accuracy from gps it's just not possible you need to have a ground um transmitter to use as a reference location and then you can measure the centimeter distance from that and then like add that to the um generalized distance with 10 meter accuracy to get you like that sub uh meter accuracy okay will there be another zilink fpga in the shop well now i mean zilink fpgs i think are still a little hard to get okay when building a boost circuit is it possible to limit the current draw hell um usually there's uh current limiting on boost converters based on the switch itself but you might want to have a current limiter on the output um you can use fuses to do that um whether or not you can actually limit the overall current you know that's actually you'd use a separate circuit to do current limiting i think you can use a um like a crowbar circuit so as the current increases you know your vbe over some diode increases and that slowly um reduces the amount of voltage and then the amount of current so um that's how to do an analog but whether a boost converter has it built in you'd have to you know, either you'd have to pay for a fancy boost converter, like linear tech or something, which would do that built in, or you add the circuit on the input or output um, to create the uh, the limitation. Okay. For the toy hacking board, if the toys on it runs, the battery's very, uh, at a very low voltage with ESP subject to brownout, if the voltage gets too low, is there an automatic shutoff? Is there any way to read the battery status or would that be a quick board addition? You can uh, read the battery status from a voltage divider um, and then decide what to do. But, uh, you know, it's there's built-in uh, brownout management on the ESP32. That's very common um, because you people run off of LiPo batteries that the uh, voltage gets too low. So you can decide what to do. I mean, the software is, you know, easily adaptable. It's in CircuitPython. Yeah. 
Well, you can use her to me now. Yeah, we think people are going to do a lot of neat things with it because it's a very good just standalone like music light thing. Um, and this is kind of a reference platform for people who want to build stuff like this and then have like a Wi-Fi workflow mm -hmm. or have uh, expandable storage on it or take the design and turn it into something else. So uh, it'll be posted up. We have a guide coming. The um, GitHub repo and everything will be up soon. Like, yeah, the repo for the software is up. The hardware isn't up because I don't think Evo did it today. Yet. Yeah, so it's uh, it'll be Ashra certified as well. Um, that's the questions for this week. Okay. Good job speed rounding it, Lady Ada. Thanks so much, everybody. That's our show for the week. This week, since you used a code, please use it by midnight tonight. Keep us in business so we could pay for all these uh, teddy bears. I know. Um, There's like five billion being. No, I yeah. just um, Well, we've taken apart a bunch, so we're yeah. going to do some also some internal hardware hacking. We have some fun things to do with these. Uh, what I do is I have an eBay watch and I look for them for ten bucks uh plus shipping and they're available because a lot of them have little cosmetic flaws and no one wants an old teddy bear with cosmetic flaws except for me um but there's like hundreds of dollars of electronics in there jammed in there or the motors are really good i mean the mouth movement it's whatever they use to move it it's, it's a very nice design this has been a native fruit production we'll see everybody next week here is the moment of zener thank you everybody bye everybody <laughs>